this week's episode of We Will Fix You includes a joke about recently deceased serial killer Dennis Nilsson. At the time of recording, Mr. Nilsson was very much alive and, at the best of our knowledge, was hale and hearty. If you have been affected by any issues relating to the death of Dennis Nilsson and the subsequent inclusion of a small one-line joke in a half-popular podcast, write to wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com and simply state, don't do that again, you naughty people. Welcome to We Will Fix You, the only podcast that, if you sketch it out, shows profound graph isomorphism with the illustrations in that erotic Care Bears fanfiction you wrote at school. Miss Clary Maguire, the discarded McElroy. I am Roger Hart, an ontological catastrophe wearing 80 kilos of meat. And this is Mr. Dave Convery, creator of Come and Bear. The cheese you can fuck. You know, if you like. And tonight we three, we salty three, will be solving problems for you. And if you have problems for us, why not get in touch at hauntedphonograph.com, our new home on the intertubes, or via the email, we will fix you show, at gmail.com. Our question today is about fathers. Dear Fixers, my father walked out some time ago now to live with his mistress and her kids. Over this period, he's been rude, selfish and spiteful. I've made a conscious choice to cut him out of my life as I don't want to deal with his drama. I think I've come to terms with this, but now every time I explain my situation to someone, their first reaction is to tell me how sad it is, or, but he's still your dad. It seems to completely bewilder everyone. No one has the desired response of, good on you, you don't need that shit bag. My question is, am I the unreasonable one, or are they? How do you think I should deal with this? Mr. Convery. So first of all, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you have given all of this enough thought and, and that you are absolutely right and that it is the healthy thing for you uh, to do to cut this person out of your life. Um, I, wouldn't, I, w- I would actively encourage that. But the reason that you're not getting the desired response out of people is that they, do, they are not operating with all of the information that you have. They don't have all of the context, all of the things that, you know, that, that, that your father's done. Because, you know, if you if you describe simply he's an adulterer, he walked out and he's kind of a prick, that's the sort of stuff that they're going to see in soap operas where people make up all the time. They People tend to be pretty fond of their families. I mean, we're hardwired to be. And so the idea that you would willingly cut those ties is, is kind of hard for most people just on a fairly fundamental level. And they don't have the emotional context that you do. They don't have the sort of chemical gut punch that you stew in whenever you think about this, when you recall the things that he's done. So you might want them to impulsively agree with you and say, yes, what an asshole. 
you're doing the right thing. There's a lot of stuff that's stopping them doing that. But that's fine, and you can ignore them. You could, if you wanted, batter them with context. You could weigh them down with every shitty thing that your your father's done. Give every single example, give so much context that they fucking choke on it. But at the end of the day, that's not going to leave you with any friends. If that is more important to you, if it's more important that they accept that, then that's, that's going to drive people, if not away, at least make them more wary. And I think you have to make peace with the fact that not everyone is going to understand it, but ask them to trust you and try not to require their approval for this, because you're not always going to get it. And it's not the most important thing in any given friendship. Hmm. Clary. My, my solution is quite similar to that. Really, it, it, it divides it in it, it divides your question into its two parts. Uh, how you should deal with it. There are practical things you can do. One thing you might want to do is, if you're giving these various details, uh, you might want to actually give fewer details. Uh, I I know. Uh, the previous advisor said more context, but I think if you let it go at my dad behaved really badly during my parents' divorce and I don't really see him now, or my dad left under bad circumstances and we've not been close since, that leaves a lot less room for the kind of but he's family stuff and idiots love family and idiots love narrative and idiots love family reconciliation so if you tell them oh my father left to live with his other family and i no longer speak to them all they're going to hear is i think daddy loves his stepkids more than me prove me wrong in the third act with with that in mind i'm going to return to the first bit of your question, which was about whether you were the unreasonable one or they are. Now, straight off, you're being perfectly reasonable. It's perfectly reasonable to not want anything to do with him. It sounds like it's been a rough time. You've made the decision you needed. Frankly, you don't need to defend choosing not to be in contact with anyone, whether they're a relative or not. This isn't nursery school where we're all learning an important lesson about looking beyond weird smells to the person inside. Either a person trusts you to have a good reason for not reaching out to your dar, or they're not close enough for it to be any of their business. However, if their first reaction when you tell them is, oh how sad, maybe consider that actually it is sad. It's sad whenever someone is enough of a dickhead to you that you have to cut off contact with them. It's extra sad when the person being a dickhead is doing so despite extraordinary levels of societal and evolutionary pressure to not be a dickhead. How sad can be a genuine reaction to a complicated situation and one that doesn't actually reflect judgment on your actions and decisions? If they follow it up with, but he's still your dad, then fuck them. Take them aside lower your voice, look quite upset, explain to them at length that the reason you don't talk to him anymore is because he's Dennis Nilsson. 
Okay, so um, I partly agree with Clary, but less so with Dave. I, I agree that you're kind of selectively not being unreasonable, and I hadn't really, it hadn't really occurred to me that the um, the that's so sad could be a legitimate response as opposed to just kind of normative dickery. Uh, I've kind of focused on the normative dickery. Maybe maybe people aren't as bad as all that, but generally I don't like people, so I'm proceeding from there. Broadly, my suggestions are a remix of some of our greatest hits. Um, Self-care, removing toxic people, not feeling beholden to science, society's bullshit norms, and managing the energy you spend on doing the extra labour of educating people. That's the real kicker here. I think that's what you're kind of butting up against when people react, you know, objectively wrong. Um, since you're tuned in enough to be asking this question in this way, rather than, say, feeling bad because blood is thicker than water or some such chocolate box patriarchy bollocks, I suspect you know all this already, right? Like, you know that social norms are a prison. The, the construction of family as super urgent, reinforced by shitty soap operas and people's piss-tedious emotional drama is basically just candy-wrapped patriarchy. It's about... <laughs> the Ponzi scheme that is having children and the ownership of your children's fertility, all wrapped up in this kind of manipulative emotional language that's designed to promote piety. You know that. You know that this shit is keeping you in a prison. Um, likewise, you know that removing, as, as you have done, you know that removing toxic people is an important component of self-care. You can go too far and alienate your friends, and if they turned out not to be toxic, they'll probably come back. But, you know, you, you know that removing your dad from your life was a thing that you personally and emotionally needed to do. Maybe forever, maybe not. Um, I've been down some of that road. And it feels like the thing you're butting up against is, is that last component of people reacting in a way that you can't process, which heavily implies that you're reacting in a way that they can't process, and you feeling quite urgently some kind of personal need to mediate that or to correct them. And you could potentially oversteer here. You could correct them and piss them off. And honestly, I'm personally down with that. My co-fixers may not be. But the the kind of the whole pointing out to them that the the social construction of family is so tremendously urgent is a nonsense. It's just all of this extra work that you have to do. And it's just it's not necessarily reasonable, right? When when you're the, the person at the sharp end of something wrong with the structure of society, it is just constantly thwarting and exhausting to have to explain and educate every time you butt up against someone that's never deconstructed their fucking privilege or analysed their norms. So I've got a lot of sympathy with your question here, and I understand why you might think they're being unreasonable. In a sense, they're not being unreasonable, they're just not thinking. Like, everyone is heavily conditioned to go, oh, blood's thicker than water, oh, but he's still your dad, oh, but it's family, you can't choose your family. Any of that stupid crap that a caricature nan might say in a sitcom. We, we, we have this stuff just drummed into us, and it's exhausting deprogramming it. Um, and what I, what I kind of want to throw in is you don't have to. You can kind of let that go. You get a day off. Um, we're not always obliged to be on. We don't always have to... At risk of massively... In fact, to just directly massively oversell this, we don't always have to educate our oppressors. Right? There's a certain degree of that tax that we end up paying, but eh... You get a day off now and then. It's part of the self-care thing. Give yourself some space. You're allowed to do that. Been through this one myself. Like I'm, I didn't speak to my dad for a couple of years. We had a really, really aggressive falling out. He said some things that were deeply unpleasant and extraordinarily hurtful that 
much as it would amuse me, I'm not going to repeat. I mean, I don't think he's listening to this, but eh, whatever. Doesn't make him look good. And we, we didn't speak for a couple of years, and I, I got a range of, of responses to this from, from friends and family, ranging from, but he's your dad, to what a wanker. Um, and the thing I, I, I discovered sort of after a while is that really most people, like your friends care, but most people don't really. They kind of want the abbreviated version and they'll make the default response and you can basically give them any answer. Right? Oh, that's so very sad. Well, yeah, but he's a small tray of blueberry muffins. Honestly, you can probably say say almost anything. In the end, I, I did kind of crack and, and start talking to him again and we rebuilt our relationship. And the fact that we were able to do so without some of these constraints and sort of having come through it was actually tremendously positive for me. I'm not suggesting you necessarily do that with your dad, but if you end up doing so, the situation could potentially surprise you. But now I sound like one of those wankers and I'm really not trying to. This is hard. This stuff is drummed into you and you have this horrible overweening weight of social crap to deal with. So in the same way that you removed someone toxic from your life, in the same way that you took some actions on self-care, Give yourself permission to not always fight back against this. Someone's, someone gives you the wrong answer, gives you the version you don't agree with. Kind of take a deep breath and be like, Do you know what? Not today. This is my this is my day off. You're you're wrong, and I don't care. Like, allow yourself that bit of self care sometimes, and only pick the fight when you're feeling you've got the energy. Um, sometimes you'll have the energy, sometimes you won't. So, but but like fundamentally. I don't know, if, if you can't pick or if you really can't let it go, the next time someone comes back to you with some, he's still your dad, horse shit, if you can't be bothered properly educating them, I do have a shortcut. You want to come back with something that kind of makes the point about the context and the emotional difference. Something like, he's also an escaped Nazi war criminal, or did I mention he fucks herons, or he plays music out loud on his phone on public transport. What I want you to do is kind of go right up to that unequivocal moral 11. That thing that will just make the point to them about the magnitude of why you don't want to talk to him. If you're super tired, you can just mic drop and stop there. Be awkward, but it's also visibly a joke while conveying the strength you're feeling. And you can also use the inevitable weird pause to change the subject. It also does something else semi-useful. If you do feel like explaining a bit, not a lot, but a bit, it gets you to the far end of the kind of sanguine density scale. Like, how, how thick is that blood, fucko? Nobody's going to agree that you should extend an olive branch to the serial heron fucker of Wooden Bassett, right? Like, and you can dial back to find their bite point. Well, what if he only fucked that one heron that one time? Still shouldn't talk to him? Cool. Okay, yeah, right, you're, you're down with that. What if he only wanked off the heron? But the heron looked kind of into it. Oh, oh, I sent him a Christmas card. Okay. Uh, what if it was a pelican? And the aim here is to, to walk them through the nonsensical relativism of this whole mess. I'm trying to get them to see that there is no absolute inviolable but it's family that trumps everything. There is, even for the most mundane, like doilies and magnolia people, a number of herons you can fuck that will get you off the holiday postcard roster. And once they've realised that, you're home dry. Yeah, I don't know what what it's called, I'll have to consult the uh, area diagram. Well, that's all fixed then. And with that, we're off to call somebody else daddy. We'll leave you to your own devices. Ta-ta.
I looked up living serial killers. Thank you very much. Not just any serial killer. I thought, what's funny is, oh yes, one of the gay ones. Oh, I don't even like it when they say daddy in songs. <laughs> 